good afternoon still sleepy i read a whatsapp forwards if you are a believer of whatsapp forwards let me start with sharing something one of the causes of cerebral strokes is listening to lectures just after lunch <laughs> the reason is the blood is traveling to the stomach to help uh, the digestion whereas having to listen to this pushes the blood up elsewhere and it creates a conflict and it also sets the tone for the session and i'm going to talk to you about but prior to that let me share a emotional connect the topic is quite close to me many of you including those who know me may not know that i lost my father almost 40 years ago when i had just gone out of college to a cerebral stroke those days the care for this was close to zero by the time even we realized it was a cerebral hemorrhage caused by heart attack he had passed on he was there in hospital for 15 days from those days this topic specifically is uh, quite close also because many of my doctor friends i have uh, thousands of them thanks to my professional connect and also the spiritual connect many of them keep warning me that uh, take care of your health because having been born into a family having heart disorders you are a prime candidate for this for them i keep talking about uh, the book of uh, i don't know how many of you have uh, read the book uh, biology of belief any of you have who is the author nobody google it it's worth reading because there he extensively speaks about epigenetics i don't know how many of you do that uh, in that he keeps talking about how you can alter your own genes and dna through the process of things which are not directly medical or physiological jokes apart our uh, guruji one of the gurujis of our system gave a very wonderful prognosis somewhere in 1950s is called as babuji maharaj or shri ramchandra way back when medicine was still in its uh, prime it was still sort of uh, still shaping up he said the root cause of heart attacks is a confused mind it took me several years to really understand the meaning of this one single loaded statement when i spoke to a lot of doctors we all know at least we all claim to know that stress is one of the big reasons which leads to certain disorders internally which might result in several outputs including cerebral hemorrhage if you look at medicine whether it's allopathy or any other alternate medicine the focus is always at least temporarily to treat the symptom a symptomatic relief normally is what many of the patients who come to doctors also expect but symptomatic relief by itself is of no consequence is something all of us would have understood by now if i have a headache and every time the doctor prescribes a headache medicine i take it for a day i'm apparently cured and it comes back i would be tempted to go and talk to the doctor and tell him please why don't you find the root cause and solve it for us once and for all if you look at even headache as 
a symptom. Allopathy says anywhere between 20 to 25 root causes. If you look at Ayurveda or other alternate medicines, they speak about anywhere between 40 to 50. But all of them finally boil down to one single aspect, which is nothing but how you handle the root cause, one of the major root causes of stress. I'm not a doctor, so I'm not going to venture into the subject from a perspective of a doctor. I'm going to look at it from a different perspective, a life perspective, a spiritual perspective, a mental perspective. If you really look at uh, stress, typically stress is something that is caused by a stimuli. A stimuli is nothing but an internal or external situation that you are forced to be confronted with. And how you actually take up and work on it is what is one of the root causes of stress. If somebody says you have a BP, are you going to be afraid? Obviously not. If my BP is normal, 120, 80, whatever, BP is fine. The challenge comes when the systolic or diastolic shifts dramatically. It becomes 180 by 110 or it drops drastically to say 80, 40. Then there is a cause of concern. Likewise, stress actually is what drives a human being. Without stress, there is no movement. Without friction, there is no movement. Vehicles cannot move if there is no friction. Newton's third law of motion. So the whole thing boils down to how you land up finally taking these stimuli. From a business management and leadership perspective, there are two ways in which typically people navigate through so-called stressful situations. Any of you have stress when you sleep? By any chance? Obviously no. Which means, while sleeping, we know how to navigate stress. It's only when we are awake, we don't know what to do. When it comes to a stimuli, there are two things that a human is known to do. The first thing, what we call as a low-hanging fruit or something easy to do is what we call as we tend to react. React, if you look at the etymology of the word, is nothing but doing something again and again in the same way in which I have done in the past to the same situation. Which means I am playing out my life like a gramophone record. In Tamil there is a saying, Kiriru in the record. You put that pin on a gramophone record and the pin gets struck in a groove, it will keep playing the same music or the same track or the same jarring note. Likewise, we are, fortunately or unfortunately, to a great extent conditioned to react, which means anything that happens, I pick up something from my memory, which has been embedded by the number of times I have either done myself or I have seen my elders or teachers or somebody from the society who have taught me when I was young on how to handle these stimuli. For example, somebody irritates me, I tend to get angry. Is anger a reaction or is it something lower than that or can there be something better than that? If you look at uh, 
a behavioral perspective. We always share what is known as to any situation which apparently stretches your stress hormones. What you need to do is what is called as your ability to respond. There is a huge reaction response gap all of us have. We all have when it comes to situations specifically which are stressful, we have a fuse with almost nowhere, which means and boom, that's all. Somebody talks or says something, we instantly react. Something happens to me, I instantly react, which means nothing but I have become a rote memory based machine. I am no more a human being. The biggest difference between other species in this world which runs into crows and humans is what we call as the sixth sense. The sixth sense is nothing but your ability to discriminate. We are fundamentally homo sapiens. Homo sapiens means we have the ability to think. What do you use the ability to think for? Use the ability to think for to discriminate, to distinguish. In Sanskrit, there is a beautiful word called Viveka. A person called Naren became Vivekananda because he was able to use the faculty of discrimination to distinguish between what is right and wrong and transcend that through which he became Viveka and he attained bliss and hence his name became Vivekananda. Theory apart, when was the last time you actually responded? Think about it, you don't need to answer. Based on my exposure, I have met in my career spanning about 40 years, corporate, students, social, spiritual, close to about 5 million people. And I am not giving you an off-the-cuff number. I have personally either react, interacted with them in a seminar like this or I have met them, I have spoken to them in some way. I would say that less than 1% of the people, sample population I have met, I would be able to qualify them as people who are able to respond. All of you understand the structure of the brain, obviously know how your primordial brain is wired. At the tip of the primordial brain is what we call as the amygdala which sits there, which is nothing but your reactive brain, which tells you how to survive. It was needed 100,000, 200,000 years ago when we were the hunted. There were species which were larger than us, the dinosaurs or whatever you want to call it. We were the hunted, we were in minority, we were always being chased. So we needed a limbic reaction system which would help me to either stand up or run and that became hardwired into a system which is nothing but your amygdala. I am sure you would have heard about the word amygdala hijack. If you haven't, go back, Google it and find very interesting term. In fact, it is what actually helps you take decisions in life. 90 years ago, there is a famous story which you can Google. It's also there is a 20 minute YouTube clip. A person had a strange accident in northern part of US, somewhere on the borders of Canada. What happened is that a rail rod, a thin one, pierced through his skull and came out on the other side. 
he survived that scar he went through a recuperation process but later they found out which is like one in a crore case in the world that his amygdala had been cut off from the other part of the brain completely if you keep a cup of coffee in front of him he will not be able to drink because drinking coffee is a decision you make turning left or turning right is a decision i make having lunch or skipping lunch is a decision i make and the decision is based on choices and choices is driven by emotions and emotion is controlled by amygdala this person he lived on for almost 10 15 years he became a social animal to us at least he wasn't able to take any decision because without a iota of emotion being added as a catalyst to the choices that are in front of you you can't decide if i ask you to get up you will not be able to get up if your amygdala doesn't work but if amygdala is the only thing that works there is no big difference between you and any other animal in this world all the animals or species which have only up to the axis of fifth brain or the five senses working what they do is nothing but take reactionary decisions spur of the moment as they call and based on which they either attack or they run away the fight or flight when a limbic system responds based on the blood flow based on the reaction of the amygdala if the blood flows to your legs it is an automatic signal through the spine to the brain that you are in a dangerous situation you run if my amygdala triggers through the spine blood to my arms it shows that i have the power to overturn what's i am facing and i fight with the person this is the basic fight and flight concept stress has a huge connection between amygdala and how you regulate your thoughts and how you control the root of emotions which is your feelings science has proved that while emotions arise from amygdala feelings which is the cause of emotion rises from the heart if you keep on handling only the smoke if you don't handle the fire it can only leave lot of smoke burns in your face so when i go back to the quotation that uh, one of our gurus gave baba ji maharaj he mentioned about a confused mind is one of the root causes of heart attacks and when a heart attack happens it can have impact on several organs including your brain depends on where the vessels burst right so what is the antidote or the long term solution to this issue of a confused mind first is your ability to respond if you keep reacting based on a very poor outdated legacy based reaction system you will continue to pile up only stressful situations because the blood flow is not happening to the brain the blood is either flowing to my legs or the blood is flowing to my arms which was needed 100,000 200,000 years ago when we were the hunted 
Today, we don't have a situation where in this third floor uh, building, a lion is going to walk in and attack you. Yet, if you hear the roar of a lion just near your ears right now, what will you do? In all probability, you will get up and run. So what happens is your logical brain has stopped working temporarily. You all understand that the blood flow at any point of time works only at a specific location because that's how our brain is wired. When the blood flows into your amygdala and you tend to react, the logical brain where the blood has to cross and move to the left side for it to trigger a logical response works much later. That's why we all have multiple personality disorders inbuilt. If I shout at someone today because of the reactive nature of the person inside me, after 15 minutes when my blood flow slows down and moves back to the other areas, my logical brain will take over and then I'll come and tell you, I'm sorry I shouted at you because this is what the global marketers are continuously working upon. What is known as impulse buying. They want you to connect your emotions and take a decision because the moment you start thinking, you may not buy that. We all know that any movie that releases today will come to your OTT 10, 15, 20, 30 days from now. Yet, what makes you to go and watch it today? The emotional need that we all have. The logical need is very clear. 30 days from now, I can watch the same with the same home theater in my home at my own comfort. Yet, I tend to go to the theater. It's because of our reactive nature. Everybody is going. In behavioral science, we call it as FOMO, fear of missing out. We do many other things because somebody thinks, oh, you didn't see this movie? Oh, you didn't go to this mall, oh, you didn't buy this, oh, come on. Then what am I doing? It becomes a peer pressure, it becomes a survival question. Suddenly I'm thinking, oh my God, if I'm not doing, I'm going to be thought of as someone who's not fit to be there, FOMO takes over, fear of missing out. Oh, I have a girlfriend, you don't have. Oh, I have a boyfriend, you don't have. I have the latest iPhone 14, you don't have. It triggers. It becomes reactive. And when I finish reacting, my logical brain takes over. And the logical brain tells you why what you did using your amygdala was right. Because functionally you are a single human being. But you have multiple personality disorders. All of us have. Nobody can be zero reactive. Neither am I, nor can anyone be. But the lesser you react, the bigger your response is. And this is what techniques like meditation teaches you. Behavioral science tells you very clearly, if you want to stop reacting, between the stimuli and your reaction, introduce a pause. Why a pause? That's why they say when you get really angry, if you put your hand here, you'll feel even vibration. In Tamil they say, you know, you become so angry that you can see blood flowing in your face. That's when blood is being pumped up, which tells you, you are in a survival mode, please either react, either run or hit. If I introduce a pause, what happens is the blood flow slows down. That's why even in communication, in decision making, 
in anything you do introduce learn to introduce a pause and this pause is your fuse wires length for some people a 5 second pause is enough for people who meditate a 5 second pause is enough for them to what we call as connect inside and center to understand to see the larger picture and that we understand quickly it's not needed there is something bigger come on somebody shouted at me it's okay right now if you call me a four letter or five letter word i may be tempted to react but if someone is calling me right now half a kilometer away from here i don't even hear so why is it that i'm reacting to you not to someone who is calling me names from elsewhere because it's right on my face logic tells me whether you call me a four letter five letter name or whatever i am what i am i can't become different just because you devalue me or just because you praise me i am not going to become god because all of you put what we call as jing chak you know neither am i going to be be little because you think i am a useless moron whichever way i am what i am if i learn to introduce the pause going back to the quote of babaji maharaj and to set a few points in order for you to go back and see how you and the people you come across at a later point of time you will be able to help them to handle it from a non clinical intervention i come here as a non clinical person i am speaking from a user perspective i am not speaking from a clinical perspective though i understand it a bit i don't want to quote because i don't have the authenticity of a certificate which is also in a way a reaction right who taught dhanvantri who gave dhanvantri a certificate for him to be called the guru of ayurveda we don't know you have the oath that you take for doctors right who gave that person a certificate those days maybe no they are all self taught we really don't know going back to that single point that babaji maharaj shared it is the confused mind which is one of the fundamental causes of heart attack which in turn can convert into a cerebral hemorrhage or whatever how do i avoid having a confused mind if i have a crystal clear clarity in whatever i do if i have perfect clarity when there is no confusion my heart is at peace if my heart is at peace the arteries which are pumping in and out work smoothly it's not going to get blocked of course there are other physical habits that you need to add on top you can't keep on putting junk food inside and not do sufficient exercise and all that which also i'm going to cover then the fundamental cause is taken care hence i have to move from a confused state to a mind which has perfect clarity so how do i bring clarity into whatever i am doing i am going to connect here back to some of the old text from india which helps you to get the context of how to build clarity in your life but please bear in mind even if i share 30 days videos showing you on how to swim at the end of 30 days if i drop you in a pool of water will you be able to swim 
you can't but i taught you likewise what are i am going to talk if you don't practice eat churaikai kariku udavad there is a saying in tamil i can write name of any food i want on paper but it don't become food likewise whatever i am sharing is from my experience perspective it is not a theory i have practiced i continue to practice and hence i am sharing from that perspective in my view at least the image that i hold of myself i am of a firm believer that i have crystal clear clarity about what i am doing and i am going to show you in four different buckets and connect back to the vedic text and show you some practice before i leave the text i am referring here to is called as the fundamentals of yoga sutras written by a person who apparently has a samadhi just 30 kilometers from here patanjali i don't know how many of you know of this name sage patanjali today 21st of june of every year since the year 2015 which is being celebrated as the international day of yoga fundamentally is ascribed to this person who chronicled about 5000 odd shlokas in terms of how to bring a holistic perspective to life and beyond i am not going to speak about the beyond perspective today i am going to speak about the life perspective one of the main approach that he brought to the table is what is called as ashtanga yoga the eight limbs of yoga by default when anyone speaks of yoga fortunately or unfortunately we are only thinking of someone who bends his head on the back and puts the head through the leg and shows the pose scares people away oh my god how can i do this that is only a one portion of the ashtanga yoga asanas even there it's not essential you have to do that but sometimes i feel that some of the yoga experts or the asana experts do a disservice by showing poses normal humans can never be able to do in the days where we all have family packs instead of six packs expecting someone even to see their feet is a big task they will on bending and touching they will on bending backwards and putting it through when i learned the so called asanas way back about 25 years ago when i got exposure and the teacher who was teaching me was a former all india yoga asana champion i still remember his name kirtilal from south india but his father named him as kirtilal for whatever reason i thought initially he was a north indian and the kind of asanas he does even today i can only see in photos i can never picture myself doing any of them you don't need to but what this person proposed or propagated 5 to 6000 years ago potentially as ashtanga yoga brings that clarity and those four buckets of clarity is what i want to share with you and if this clarity you are able to practice and get a little bit of grip or mastery over this you are no more a candidate of surely any heart related issues leading to cerebral hemorrhage of course if you have a fall there are so many other causes it can still happen he bucketed all these into eight angas or eight steps or eight limbs as he called 
And that's where the whole thing comes down to the four buckets I want to share. The first one he speaks about is the clarity of living. When I have crystal clear clarity on how I have to lead my life, if I ask any one of you, do you have a user manual for your life? Has anyone ever given you how to live? Most probably no. Or some of us have some vague idea of a few things that we have read somewhere we want to practice, yet we don't have a grip of that. He brought it in the first two steps of. Please bear in mind when I say the first two steps, they can be interchanged, they are interoperable, you can use it whichever way you want. You can use the 7th and 8th, you can use the 6th and 5th in whichever combination. But 8 used in the combination for you to get a clarity of the mind and the heart. You are no more at least a candidate for a premature death based on heart-based physiological reactions which happens in your body. The first two steps that he shares which gives you a clarity of living, how to live life, he postulates through two steps called Yama and Niyama. You don't need to necessarily follow what he says, but you can take them as placeholders and put whatever you want to put there. In Yama, which is the first step, maybe the first time somebody is hearing a lecture on cerebral hemorrhage connecting to Ashtanga Yoga. In Yama, he speaks about things that you wouldn't do, you don't want to do or you want to give up. Likewise, if you look at, if you are a practicing Christian, you would have your Ten Commandments. Or if you follow Islam, you may have your own messages from the Prophet in terms of what you shouldn't do, what is haram, correct? If I am clear, two, three points which at any cost I will not do. Even in our own Tamil literature, Avayar shared this. And then she starts talking about what you shouldn't do. She speaks about both what to do and what not to do. Likewise, if you just say a few things, for example, I will not talk a lie, what, I am not saying this as necessarily an example you have to take. But something, so these things are non-negotiable at any cost, I will not do this. Because the biggest reason for a confused mind is the conflict that you have between the mind and the heart. Your heart tells you this is wrong. The mind says, why don't you do it? Just give it a flip. And there is a conflict. The word conflict etymologically is when your mind and heart are torn apart in two directions. There is an internal conflict when my heart says something, my mind says something, which means I feel and my feeling says this is not right, but my mind says everybody is doing, you no, know, jump in, it's okay, fine, no issues. The heart says, no, no, this is not correct. And then there is a conflict. When there is a conflict, your mind is confused. And this conflict can be avoided when you very clearly define, these are the things at any cost I shall not do. 
covet not thy neighbors asset part of the 10 commandments of christianity right if i define two three things these are the things i will not do at any cost and i stick to that how do we stick we'll come to that aspect as we go along and then he speaks about niyama which is the second step progressive step things i shall do at any cost first is i shall not do second is i shall do these are the things i shall stick to at any cost these are my value systems in corporate life we speak about mission statement we speak about dna of an organization we speak about values of an organization values are nothing but don'ts and do's if i have a clarity on how to lead my life for example if i find a bundle of currency notes and it's about say 10 lakhs what would i do with it that defines your value what do you do it's still right if nobody watches you that's why they say characters is what you are in the dark if i switch off the room and i leave a few latest iphones and say what do you can do i go out and come back after half an hour and nobody is going to see you what will you do and i will not check will you take or will you wait for someone to come back and say it doesn't belong to me let that person take this is what defines your value and that value when it is either defined or not practiced or not defined is when you have confusion when do i have stress going beyond the acceptable limits when there is something which is happening in front of me and i am sort of hesitant to do or not to do not to do 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 not to do and that conflict happens if my value systems are clear both on the don'ts and do's front according to what patanjali says the yama niyama my first bucket in terms of clarity of living is crystal clear the next is taking into action one of the poa as i call plan of action at the end of this uh, session a lot of speakers have already given you insights some more are set to come please write down the things that you would want to put it into practice in your life starting from today and please do it otherwise all these seminars is good exposure for us i can go and put in social media tell people i spoke blah blah whatever which anyway i will do <laughs> but how about you what is the point in sitting through a whole day and not doing anything about the input that i've been given to you do something whatever it is one line it can even be henceforth i'll never attend lectures like this <laughs> or i'll put whatever is being shared in front of me into practice starting from today after all you decide your habits and then the habits decide what you are you can't blame the world the the blame is more on you because you have allowed over a period of time by reacting to things which are happening to you the stimuli and then that forms an habit and that habit now you're putting the blame on the world saying because the world does it i am doing it back everything in the world can be justified including murders loot arson what do you want to call everything in this world can be justified there's nothing in this world that cannot be justified you tell me any situation i'll give you 200 reasons why that person what he did or she did was right can't you do it all of you do it all the time with your parents no where did he come late there's an extra class now i called your ma'am she said no extra class no pa actually i came home on the way i went to my friend's home and we sat together and read 
see how it navigates if my inner compass is well set i don't need an external reference point for anyone to tell me what i should do with my life do you have a user manual for how you want to live please create one whether it's one line two lines three lines choice is yours because if you don't have one you tend to react you don't know how to respond and that creates tremendous amount of confusion and confusion leads to conflict conflict needs to rise in stress and sustained swing in the stress levels will create clinical conditions which are not healthy let me go to the second bucket if i had to project a powerpoint i need a wall i can't project it in thin air unless the entire sky i converted into a projection theater which god does that's why we have sun in the morning and stars in the night free show all the time none of us see it though the second one which is the wall is nothing but me this physical body with which i come here and after all whatever stress is happening is happening because of this machine called as the body at a physical level i am not talking about the mental aspect here how are you handling it today patanjali gives a beautiful two steps part of this which i would call as clarity on your health the first bucket was clarity on how to live second is clarity on my health every doctor would tell you these are the basic parameters which tells you whether you are healthy or not based on whether they practice allopathy or ayurveda or whatever they tell you okay these parameters are fine your health is fine whether it's bmi or weight or ability to climb stairs or not pant for breath whatever it may be he buckets them into two and one of them became internationally famous thanks to 21st june which became international yoga day so he speaks about clarity of health in two aspects the first is asanas asanas are the way in which you do whatever is needed to ensure that the physical aspect of your health does not interfere with your mental and other functions which will allow you to carry on with your life there is one asana that you have to learn to do to balance this is very simple do surya namaskar 50 times a day i do about 25 times a day because i have other things with which i mix because each surya surya namaskaram has about 12 asanas inbuilt if you are already doing good and fine this is something that you can even learn from youtube better learn from a instructor in some other places even we teach asana predominantly helps you to bring a balance within your body outside of your body the fundamental purpose of asana is to bring balance in your body not when you stand not that you will swing or swagger if you are a doctor clinically you will know that if i cut your body and fold it together they will not match there'll always be a discrepancy between the left and right side this is a clinically proven fact you can check 
as i told you in the beginning there are thousands of doctors whom i know personally who are either my clients or i am not their client yet they are my clients or friends or i know them socially they all very clearly say the body is not in perfect harmony when you fold it will not fold fully properly there will be a mismatch asanas allows you to bring a beautiful balance inside your body and in alignment with the external world doesn't take too long if you want to replace this with any other healthy habits please choose so i am only giving it because it's connected to the patanjali's yoga sutras from which i am talking it can be swimming can be walking which i do extensively can be anything else that suits you fine if you're young and happening person wanting to develop a six pack go to a gym want to develop a family pack join us you know if asanas are in place and your body gets into balance there is a clarity on health the second is what he calls as your ability to balance the force of life behind you what is called as a life force which is also called as pranayama prana prana is nothing but the life force inside of you which decides whether you believe it or not whether you accept it or not vedic texts speaks about every one of us being a at the time of birth being assigned an amount of breaths that you can take in and take out before you kick the bucket i always share this in all my forums specifically the so called learned forums just because i don't know something does not negate the operation of that input that somebody is sharing to me let me repeat that just because i don't accept or understand something being shared with me does not negate its operation for example you may accept the presence of god or not you may be an atheist you may be a theist or you may be an agnostic doesn't make a difference it will happen i may not accept a specific government they are in power they will do what they want you cannot accept but it will happen likewise there are certain principles which will operate whether you like or not as i mentioned the number of breaths that you take or you are assigned to take from the time you are born the better you regulate the longer you can live healthily if you are able to do in and out breathe of about 8 to 10 a minute your life automatically gets extended according to this theory by about 6 to 7 years if you are a person who breathes like how a dog breathes many of us do specifically when we are stressed your life comes down by about 10 to 15 years this is what the yoga shastras say when i learn to breathe please do this exercise after i am done with my talk get angry at the same time take deep breath and shout at somebody you will not be able to do they are you get up you can't do if i have to shout my breath will become shorter and shorter and shorter if i have to get angry my breath will get shorter and shorter and shorter the longer the breath i can take many of the mobile apps and the smart watches that you all wear has a breathing as part of that small app that is press it 
it will give you a physical counter which will tell you 10 seconds inhale, 10 seconds exhale. I have a smartwatch with which I figure whether I can hold inhale for 10 seconds and exhale for 10 seconds. If I do it, my cycle comes down to about 4 or 5 per minute. Do I have the ability to sustain that comes over a period of time of practice? When I regulate my prana, which can also be indirectly done by your ability to hold your thought onto one single thing and relax your body. When you do that, automatically your breath slows down. Starting from 1980 onwards, there have been a lot of experiments scientifically proven done in USA and in other places. There is a significant slowing of breath when people meditate or they are in a meditative state. When I sit and meditate, invariably my breathing comes down to about 8 to 10 per minute. Scientifically proven. You can Google on transcendental meditation or heartfulness meditation and breathing. It's all there on the net because this generation believes in data except when I get emotional. Rest of the time I want data. Look at it, you will find that your clarity on health, which is the second bucket I am talking about, comes into operation the moment you are able to balance your body and your breathe. The third is when he speaks about your ability to have a clarity of thinking. The first I spoke about clarity of living. Second I spoke about clarity of health. The third is clarity of thinking. There he speaks about two important steps, Pratyahara and Dharana. Pratyahara is your ability to withdraw your senses inward, where you are not driven by the five senses which are facing outward. I am able to withdraw at my will. Dharana is when I am able to concentrate. I am able to think about something, hold my thought and concentrate. For a student, concentration is essential. Our teens have been doing a lot of concentration camps, not the Nazi type, right? They have been doing a lot of camps which helps you to concentrate and study better. These two steps, Dharana, Pratyahara and Dharana, helps you under any circumstances which apparently triggers a stress, a stimuli, to quickly withdraw my senses. The first sense withdrawal is close your eyes. The moment I close my eyes, the most important external sense is withdrawn. Because the more I see, the more I get triggered. Then the other senses slowly start following. Then I am able to concentrate on what is bothering me. Why am I getting stressed? Allows you to slow down your breath and allows you to respond. The third bucket is about clarity of thinking. The fourth bucket, in my view, is what reverse integrates all the other steps. The clarity of soul. Madam Uma Mageshwari introduced me. She said that I help people find their purpose. Whether she read from a script or whether she knows it, this is one thing that I do a lot with people I meet. 
there are two things that happens to your life. The first time when you are born and the second time when you find your purpose. Two important events. Normally when you are born, nobody teaches us. Just I am born, my mom takes me in a cradle in a nursing home and tells me what is the purpose of life. No. It happens at 5, 10, 15, 20, 30, whatever time it happens. And when you find that purpose and you stick to that, which predominantly is the calling of the soul. When I have clarity of the soul, there are two steps that potentially offers here. The seventh step is, speaks about dhyana. Dhyana is also loosely translated in English as meditation. If you look at the Sanskrit word, the word dhyana has more than 20 to 25 meanings. One of the meaning is your ability to transcend the mind and take control of the mind. People always ask me, how can I transcend the mind and take control of the mind? When you are young and when you had coal or something which has touched your hand, what will you clean it with? Kerosene or petrol. Both are fossil fuel. Likewise, my mind, to be regulated, I need to use the mind to regulate and transcend it. When I do that, as what Lord Krishna has said in uh, Gita, you move from a person who is in the situation to a person who becomes an observer and finally become a witness. I wrote a tweet two, three weeks back ago. I write tweets every day, originals, I don't copy. And it comes in English, Tamil and Hindi. And it's there in all my social handles, Insta, Facebook, LinkedIn. Though I might apparently look old, I am still, because that's where I connect to the younger audience. There I wrote that it's our ability to understand what causes this stress and handle the root cause, which is my ability to balance on the four faculties, which is nothing but clarity of living, clarity of health, clarity of, I'm just checking if you're listening or not. What are the third bucket? Clarity of soul is the last. Hmm? Clarity of thinking, good. When you bring all four in balance, Whatever happens to you, you become a witness. It's quite easy to say, difficult to practice. Everything that happens to somebody else is fun and news to me till it happens to me was the exact word I wrote in that tweet. When I watch it on TV, oh, somebody died in country, 30 people died. Oh, somebody, I can philosophize about it. Right now I get hurt in my leg, that becomes a headline for me. Everything is news and fun as long as it happens to others. The moment it happens to me is when it determines whether I can respond or not. And when I understand that last bucket, through the process of dhyana and the last step which is called samadhi, samadhi is not what we think the final resting place, it's our ability to bring two extremes into a balance the beginning and the end, if I'm able to fuse it and bring it together and find a balance. Some adi, which means at the time of creation, apparently before the Big Bang or whatever theory of creation that you believe in, 
whatever existed at the time was supposed to be a perfect balance. That perfect balance, if I'm able to bring in, I can watch anything as if the whole thing is crystal clear and I am able to find the purpose of, okay, Charji Maharaj, our third guru in the system, gave a beautiful quotation when he said, this too shall pass. Today, right now, if you got, get angry, the same date, 13th of May, 2022, what were you angry about? What were you emotional about? What were you upset about? I don't know. But when that happened at that day, on that day, it took me by storm. If I am able to bring these four into faculty, into balance, these four faculties into balance, clarity of living through yama and niyama, clarity of health, which is what I am, my body is, till the soul or life force leaves me and goes through asana and pranayama, the clarity of thinking through pratyahara and dharana, and the clarity of the soul through the process of dhyana and attaining a state of samadhi where anything that happens to me, I can see it from a state of balance as a witness. Extremely difficult. Just because I'm standing here and talking doesn't mean in all situations I can be like that, but to a great extent, I have changed what I was compared to 1992 when she said I started meditating. And this is a sample that we wanted to give. And then maybe later take a few questions if you have time. We are going to meditate. And how we are going to meditate? We are going to put you in a state of relaxation. One of our volunteers will give you a few instructions which you can keep your eyes closed and watch. Preferably if you have a mobile turned on, put it in silent mode or switch it off. And as she gives the relaxation commands, we'll also teach you the process of heartfulness meditation, which is nothing but making a simple supposition that the divinity is present everywhere, is present in my heart too in the form of divine light. It's a supposition. And we'll meditate for 5-10 minutes and then we'll close and then take question answers. But to wrap it up, if you look at one of the root causes of stress, I summed it up saying that it is your ability to handle the confusions that happens inside of you and get clarity. And that clarity, if you are able to handle it through the four buckets of clarity of living, to clarity of health, to clarity of thinking, to clarity of the soul. When you bring all these four, make your own recipe, it's okay. And if you are able to bring that and then start practicing it, whatever happens to you, from stress, you move to a state of joy. When I do everything joyfully, if whatever successful thing that you have done in your life, you would have done when your state was that of joy, not that of stress. Is it possible to do? Yes. When? For example, you like playing cricket. You give a bat or a ball or you tenicoit or anything else. When you are doing it joyfully, there will be almost no stress. So the key secret is to convert anything stressful through the process of clarity into something that you would look forward to doing. For many people, standing and talking in front of an audience without a PPT, without a preparation, can be extremely stressful. For me, it's joyful. I derive a kick out of it. I derive pleasure. I derive satisfaction. I derive a great sense of driving purpose. Because I found it long ago, one of the purpose for me is to help people to transform through whatever I know, right or wrong. I am not a preacher, I am a practitioner. Whatever I have shared are insights based on my personal experience. 
I'll put a stop here. We'll move into a state of relaxation and a state of meditation for 5-10 minutes. I think we still have about 10 minutes left. We'll manage to close within that. And then if you still have time, I'll take your stances or we can meet later. Thanks a lot uh, for Sastra University for arranging this wonderful uh, session and giving a non-clinical person a platform to come and share certain insights with you. If you found them useful, I am not going to say like it, comment, share. Please go and put it into practice. Thank you.